0: This is um He is drinking the Licking Hole Creek. Creek nine mile. Gotcha, I believe, IPA. Yes. What did
1: you what did you compare it to?
0: I compared it to the three notched forty mile mm. similar name. Yeah. IPA, which is another very like grassy the three notched is even grassier I would say than yeah. the licking hole. Yeah. Um but they're both very good.
1: This yeah. this is not bad, this uh Deschutes. this shoot isn't
0: yeah. it? It's mm-hmm. it's uh, very citrusy, hence the name yeah. fresh squeezed, yeah. I think. I like it. Um, it's interesting. Good. I like it. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to take this opportunity to take a hard left turn. Prior to recording, Jake was asking me questions about superchargers. Ah. Because uh, although I didn't get all the way through my long and winding road of uh, car history, I have arrived at a point where I have a 96 Miata that is supercharged. And uh, I said, let's save it for, uh, for the show. So... What are your questions, sir, about okay,
2: my so supercharged car? I'm since I gotta be the weirdo with everything. Um, I just I like going against the grain of stuff. Um, so I'm the guy who wants to supercharge a KA rather than turboing a KA, I like swapping style. a style. Yeah, or swapping a KA. You know, Jordan and I are in the supercharger camp, yeah, so you're yeah. in
0: good company.
1: And um, so I am also fairly rooted in the supercharger camp. Ah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs>
0: guy Um, we got a great room
2: (laughs) so yeah i found (laughs) there's been some people i know thomas knight made a kit and there's another group that makes a kit and i've been being uh i've been trying to (laughs) reverse engineer it by looking by studying their pictures and i'm gonna um are you this is roots or centrifugal Roots. It's roots. Okay. All right. So the Eaton, the Eaton M62 M sixty two from a B- Nissan Xterra. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you take, so the the KA twenty four DE has a two part intake manifold, and if you unbolt the uh the plenum from the runners, from the runners, uh huh, you can mount the supercharger if you get a plate, a half inch aluminum plate, to the runners, and then the 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 intake. Or the inlet, I'm not as good with the words. Mm-hmm. The inlet for the supercharger is sticking out, um, tor- fa- you know, facing the passenger side, so you can make it come back up to the front toward the firewall. No, uh, it's actually fi- it's facing the fa- the little oh, interesting wheel well, so you can then just like turn it and make mm-hmm. it come up to the where the headlight is. So I'm gonna flip it upside down, mount it like that on the plate, and then you can run a uh, a belt. Uh, I think. I think it's the alternator, belt, power stream milk, four rib, or six rib. I know that everyone what's they, on they, what's they, on the car. They skip two ribs. Computer. They skip two ribs on the pulley from the supercharger. Yeah, it's probably four rib stuff um, on the
0: car because most accessories are. That's why I wondered if there was like an add-on crank pulley, and this will come into focus when I explain the Miata setup. But, so, uh, or if you're using the the regular crank pulley that runs the accessory. The alternator, I
3: don't or think whatever, you also your stock pulleys for this
0: mm, n- n- Oh, I might have to
2: move the alternator a little bit. I know there's, so there's some debate because there isn't a lot of documentation on supercharging two forties because everyone else, everybody else is like, stick an SR twenty in it. I was like, I don't want to stick an SR twenty in it and never yeah, get an or, ignition coil again. Or turbo it and send yeah. it out
0: through your hood like everybody does.
2: So like, the th- what drivers. I'm looking at is I'm gonna get an underdrive pulley. The aluminum underdrive pulley, so I'm not, like, pushing 10 PSI, because it'll do 10 PSI
0: if you do, and I'm sure those people are like,
1: oh, the bar, and
0: all that other, I'm I'm
2: not
1: that
0: smart. Is Um, this something that people have done before, this supercharger on
2: that engine? This supercharger on that engine? Yes. People have done that. There's the Thomas Knight kit, and there's the KA24DER kit. Okay. Um, But they're, like, $1,000, and I'm just like, at the end of the day, majority of this kit is just an aluminum plate. Like, there is a relocator bracket for some alternators, but a lot of people have made it work without relocating the alternator um, by just, you know, fabbing just another plate to kind of push it a little further down.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but the the more the thing I'm more concerned about, like, the logistics of the components and the accessories, I can figure that out. That's not insane. Um, the things I'm more worried about is... Fuel management. Fuel management, ignition management... That's why I was going to do the underdrive pulley to reduce the rotation of the supercharger if I could. And, um, you know, I'm considering just doing, because I have a second engine, and the idea is build up the second engine to be the the big, the real deal. Sure. Um, But what I'm considering is, since I have a nice, reliable daily right now, um, you know, just putting the pants on my head and strapping the uh, supercharger on it, putting fat injectors in a, you know cherry rig a mat a bigger airflow meter and um seeing if i can't blow it up
3: <laughs> i mean if you run if you run and an airflow meter, so if you run an airflow meter that your ecu your stock ecu can understand it might work see that's the thing i'm willing i'm willing, <laughs> I'm willing <laughs> what to are the, what are it?
2: the
0: aftermarket engine management options for the k next okay. sport, plug and play
2: but the thing is, then the tune, because that's that's you know I can get the plug and play; it's not a big deal. But the sure. tune thing Tune's is a like two thousand
3: dollars. It's uh, a the, worth of time. Six hundred. There's a company.
2: There's a place in Richmond that does it for six hundred. Maurice was telling me about that. Who, who
3: like, what, what, who does it? He
2: he knows the name of the company, um, but he said it's like six six to seven for the tune. It's,
3: it's, it's not so much like you know this is how much a tune costs. It's usually more like this is how many. Hours. Yeah, on Flip Flam charges
0: by the hour. Matt yeah. shoe charges a flat rate. Yeah. When I got my cartoon, because I'm Mega Squared on mine, Mega Squared Two plug and play. Yeah. Um, I had Matt Shue tune it before he got to his new shop where he's upped his prices, and they have an all wheel dyno and all of that. Um, I think I spent about five hundred to get it tuned. That was a while ago. Prices have gone up, but. Well worth it to just pay somebody to tune in. And the thing that I'll tell you as far as... So, in my case, and sort of what you were asking about before was, was it a kit, how much bolted together, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mine was a kit as far as like brackets to mount the supercharger, pulleys, et cetera, et cetera. It actually has an add-on pulley, that's dedicated to the supercharger so it's a six a rib grab. that bolts on yeah, gotcha. uh, on onto the front of the crank nose because the Miata uses a pulley boss with four bolts to hold the crank pulley onto the boss you pull those four bolts you add an additional crank pulley for a six rib belt in front of it and that runs the supercharger by itself so it's not involved in any of the other accessory belts or anything so that does simplify some of those things um, I am a big advocate of buying a kit just saving the money and buying a it's, kit it's there are so, so many headaches that you will sidestep by doing that
3: because um, someone else has already put the time in to figure it DIY
0: out diy is fun except that you're banging your head against the wall for most of the process and that's how it was for me even i bought a kit that was essentially bolt together, but I bought it second hand. It was for a second gen Miata Mm. engine. So it's still the 1.8, but slight differences. The dummy throttle body for the supercharger was supposed to go in a different place. or was a different design because it didn't accommodate the idle air control valve from the first gen Miata. So there's just a handful of things where, were I to do it again? Yes, I spent whatever, two grand on the kit, and then I spent the remaining two grand getting everything else to work. Had I just paid four grand up front, I would have had nuts and bolts, everything to put the kit together. That's how it is on
3: FRS's too. It's like, people are like, oh man, you spent four grand on that, that supercharger kit? That's crazy, you're only making 250 wheel horsepower? It's like, yeah, but I spent four grand on this kit And I had it installed in an afternoon. Yeah, and it was reliable, and
0: I had every odd length bolt that I needed, and Mm -hmm. it's a good idea going in. You think you'll save a lot of cost. I find you wind up spending it later, incrementally, but Mm -hmm. by the time you're done, you put the money
3: in. And also, what is your time worth?
0: Yeah, yeah, and what your time chasing down those oddball things is worth is another thing. I mean, having
3: to chase down real specific bolts from fastenal is not fun. Yeah,
0: it, it, it. So that just having gone through it myself, that would be my recommendation. And it took me a solid. I mean. I I don't know if I could even call the car like good the way it's set up now. I'd say it's good now. I'm I'm critical of it. But um, it took me a good year and a half just to go from like the day that the kit showed up. Mm -hmm. Kit. uh, That's air quotes for those who can't hear. Um to when I actually got it like running, driving on the street, decent, okay, tune. And then another year to straighten out issues, it was having and then a second a retune, which was cheaper, but again, it's more money put in. Um I I just I would say if somebody's got some support for the yeah. the kit or the build that you wanna do, take advantage of the research other people have done and, and now my go that route the setup i'm looking at they're you know they're
2: focusing on using stock internals um and i'm assuming yours was a stock internal setup
0: that's a whole story in and of
2: itself. Well, that, and that, I'll keep that it sh- design stock as it internals,
3: is. but I think you had already built it in preparation for it.
0: Sort of. Uh, what happened was I bolted the supercharger up. I got ready to fire the car up for the first time and uh, as it turned out, I had discovered leaking uh, injector O-rings while I was putting the kit uh... together. I pulled the fuel rail off at one point to replace the injector O-rings. It was still pressurized. Dumped a bunch of raw fuel down the number four uh, injector port, which I didn't know. Filled up on top of the cylinder. I finished putting the kit it kit together over two weeks. Didn't wash it. Hydrolocked and bent a rod. Jesus. With the torque of the starter. Of the wow. factory starter. I went to crank it. It went around. One revolution came up and went,
3: kung, Ugh.
0: and I said, what the hell was that? cranked it again it made it over
3: went
0: a second time if it didn't bend the rod the first time it bent it the second time turned it over the next time and it's going which was the counterweights on the uh, crank Clipping the bottom of the piston every time it came around because that rod was now shorter So part of why I bought a second engine. I could have (laughs) run this on stock internals Mm -hmm. just fine at low boost levels But I took the opportunity since I had already bent a connecting rod to go through I did a mile build. I was on a budget. I put maybe 1500 into it. I didn't go wild. I went oe pistons Forged rods, because I said if the rods were the failure point once, they're not going to be the failure point again. ARP hardware, uh, hardware rather throughout head studs, uh, main bolts, rod bolts. Um, just a mild build, essentially new bearings. You know, blah blah blah. But nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. crazy high end. Besides the rods, the rods were you know three hundred fifty bucks of that. It was like H beams or something. something. Yeah, manly H beam forged rods. Um, So I went with a mild build. I had the block decked a couple thousandths and the head shaved a couple thousandths just to make make sure that they were straight, essentially, because it was in the machine shop. Did you use a
3: metal head gasket or anything like
0: that? Uh, Yes, though it was like an off-brand, wasn't a Comedic or anything, Mm -hmm. but it is a multi-layer steel head gasket after the fact. Um, And it's been good. It's it's held together great. I'm really not asking much. The supercharger's pushing, like... The pulley set is supposed to be good for 9 PSI. It actually sees about 7.5 because I have that big front mount intercooler. That's and I see a little pressure drop across that. But it's, it's probably around 200 wheel now, so maybe 230 at the crank. And they were 130 stock. So it's about, not quite double, but close to double. Probably at the wheels, it's close to double the horsepower. Because so I've done some
2: crap stuff. I know there's, like, heat soak with blowers, and I, like, get made, did some homemade phenolics with um, uh, PTFE, Teflon, mm-hmm. and um, that worked amazing. It was really thin, too. Like, I just got, like, you know, just the, the roll sheet ordered on Amazon. Just yeah. got a razor blade and cut it out, and, like, right now, it's just stock on the, the stock intake, and, like, it went from... When you're at uh, running temperature, you couldn't you couldn't touch the intake. You know you wouldn't want to put your hand on it too long. Now you can just keep your hand on it. Wow. It, it will not get hot. And that's cool. It, it runner first cylinder will still get pretty warm just because um, the way that engine's set up. The the coolant going to the radiator. It it has like a little outlet that goes through the intake. So there's no unless I want to get like really NASA with it and just like you know cut that out and weld it in the head and like make right, it, to yeah. it like no I'm not doing all that but um what you got Corey? I was gonna say you it, got some information interest, got an,
1: interestingly enough um that f- f- I, I have been I have always been interested in phenolic spacers for yeah for cars I think like why not like what's mm-hmm. the point of having a heat soak you know intake manifold right um, so I, well, I'm curious how how thick do you remember how thick the it's
2: um, okay what I used like everyone else for like phenolic stuff like you see like uh, the sr 20 phenolics. it's like, they're like thick yeah. they're really thick mine is not it's mine like, is very thin like it literally when I ordered it it it, it was rolled up in a tube like oh, it, okay. it's very thin like uh it's about like like um, like, like two or three millimeters if even two millimeters, one, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's maybe one, but I mean there are two. So there's the the ones on to the head, and then there's the the plenum and the uh, from after the runner. Sure, sure. But um, but still, the where I'm touching is is the runner, so it right. only has the ones. Do to you the just head.
3: put a gasket on either side of that, or do you just use that
1: as the gasket?
2: I use it as the gasket. Okay. Well, um, because I mean it's soft, yeah. and once you once you start torquing down, it, it you squishes know it's gonna seal over. squishes, but. I,
0: I honestly thought it wasn't going to do that great it works amazingly I'm going to out myself as the only person in this room I guess to not have even heard of Phenol
3: oh yeah it's just it's just it's just literally like it's shaped like your manifold gasket Uh but it's made out of like PTFE yeah yeah, yeah, just non-heat conductive material so it Keeps your intake, like especially on older cars with metal intake
1: manifolds, it keeps your intake manifold from getting hot just from touching the head. Very cool. So the first, the first I ever heard of this was, um, I can't remember if it was actually in my HPE class or if, or if I watched it on like Power Block on Spike TV like years and years and years ago. Um, uh, But. They they used it as uh, spacers for carburetors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. they and used bakelite back in the day. Yeah, yeah. you can so use they, a cutting board too if you right. just make it real smooth. Just use them like a plastic cutting board. So, so they have lo- their so too low. the material that uh-huh. I was told uh-huh. that they used was essentially uh, a a paper composite resin that's like com- like you know manufactured under pressure, so it's like very very tightly compacted and doesn't. Move heat at all, but it's still easy to machine, right? So it's like almost like a fiberglass, but it's made with you know whatever type of plastic I don't know, know exactly, right? So um, so I work on surgical tables, right? Our surgical tables have a very specific plastic top, right? I came to learn that that top is basically this exact same material, right? Oh. So when those tops break and I have to replace them, I now just have sheets of this stuff that's like, you know. You don't so, say. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so I've just kind of been saving some of that stuff to, to like eventually make like spacers for stuff. Like and I've, I've just been waiting Holy for like a project but yeah. I don't actually know for a certainty that the stuff that I have is heat resistant to the point of being able to be bolted to an engine. Yeah. Well, you know I mean, we can test that. Put it in an oven, man.
3: Throw, say, throw, it, throw it on a grill and hit it with a thermo- uh, uh, IR yeah. thermometer. Yeah. Well, I'd
0: I'd even be interested to start with like the um, the junction between the supercharger and the actual outlet. Yeah. Plenum, yeah. I guess you would yeah. call it. On my car because it that would probably be huge, it feeds in the it. back and then comes out. And there's just to search the web for on my car because it shut up, Siri. Uh, uh you'll know, have to edit the... that one out. I'm, I'm, I'd be interested to uh try it there, um, because that's the first joint between something that probably runs how big is it? Pretty hot, about that big.
2: Uh, uh for, again, for audio Amazon. people,
0: it's like. Four you can probably buy
3: it on McMaster, too. I would imagine McMaster sells that stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I got my sheet on Amazon for like 24 bucks. Huh. Did my, you hand cut? Or, yep. okay.
3: I once found a SW20 MR2 turbo in a junkyard that had just oh, every yes. single part under the sun thrown at it, and I pulled everything off that I could to resell. One of the things was an I think it's ATS, makes a phenolic spacer. It's like an inch and a half thick. Yeah, it goes between the intake manifold yeah. and the I, but it also I think it ex, it's meant to extend the runners from uh, to give it more
2: velocity yeah I got you so huh.
3: I sold that and it was like an aftermarket intake manifold I think it was the ATS intake manifold and phenolic spacer together I sold that stuff for like four or five hundred dollars Wow. And I got it for like eighteen dollars. How have I never? How so I've nice. never stumbled across a car with that much good stuff on it ever again. That yeah. was a that was an
1: amazing. Band. That was the greatest junkyard find I've ever. The had. stuff that I have is like three eighths thick or something like that. It's like only this big. Yeah. And I have I have cut and drilled and you know sanded and, and machined this stuff. Yeah. And it runs run. Yeah. Beautifully. Yeah.
0: Now that I'm thinking about it, my only issue with trying to put it there, even though that would probably be the best location, to even start is uh, hood clearance because that's already an
2: uh, issue. Yeah. Get right. the really thin stuff, the sheet stuff. I guarantee you it'll
0: it'll move a lot. So,
3: um I wanted to tell a story before we get into the other topic. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 to- yeah. To- so, sorry. So, Jake just left. He had to leave. But hi Jake. RIP. Yeah. yeah. RIP Jake. We're killing <laughs> off people <laughs> left and right. well I, on the way home, please. You know what? I would yeah. feel so bad if that actually happened. We oh my god. Okay. right.
1: We'd never release this if that happened. No. But I would still feel terrible.
3: Yeah. Um, so his Corolla that he had, I bought, he he basically had moved on.
0: Yes, this is uh, about an hour ago, I made reference to, say, what color is this yeah. Corolla, by the way? So because... he, he
3: had moved on, and the car had basically sat outside at his, at his, the gas station he worked at for like a year and a half. And, uh, he had told me that he was thinking about selling it, and I was like, alright, let me sell my a station wagon, and then I'll, I'll hit you up. So I did, and then I... Talked to him and he, basically I went over there and looked at it and it kind of started and kind of ran and like the paint had all faded from super red to super pink and because uh, it's like a factory single stage paint job, there's no clear coat so it just fades really bad. The auto owners know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so I bought it from him and turned it into my current track toy uh, and I actually dynoed it today. And I took it to uh, made
0: a whopping thirty-two horsepower. It
3: was it was the lowest power car of the day. Um, (laughs) That is a badge you should wear. And I was the the most excited person to get my number at the end of the day too, which is funny. Um, Where'd you do it? This was uh, Virginia Motorsport Club was hosting the day at or organized the day, and it was at Flim Flam Speed, which is like one of the coolest local speed shops that we have here uh, run by kevin adolph who is a super cool dude aka flim flam that's yeah. the name so we were over there and uh i it put down it's a completely stock 16 valve 4ag with basically everything on it that it doesn't need removed like there's no power steering no ac no emission stuff uh it put down, and it has like two hundred the the odometer on the car has not worked in the time that I've had it and it's stuck at like two hundred and sixty nine thousand miles, so who knows how many miles are actually on it. But it's uh as far as I know, the bottom end's never been touched and it's just had like a head gasket done at like the top end rebuilt. But and then a twenty valve header? Yes, right? it's, a, it's a it's a stock Toyota exhaust manifold from a twenty valve four AG. So it's just it's a tubular steel manifold instead of a cast iron. It doesn't really affect power, but it's lighter and it's nice. But it put down one hundred and five wheel horsepower, which is super. Super healthy for a stock 16-valve 4AG, especially with that many miles on it. And there was no smoke out of the tailpipe whatsoever, which is crazy. What were
0: they rated at the crank factory? OE is around 112,
3: 115, something like that.
0: That's impressive. I don't know if his dyno was grading on a curve
1: I don't or know. not. <laughs> it
3: was a dyno jet, so like, they don't read as low as like Mustang dynos. Sure. But like I mean, my, my MR2 that I've run on dyno jets is it's a... It's jet. I don't know. Oh no really no like, no! I'm sorry. Yeah, say, that was, that was at a different at PSI, shop. Yeah yeah. Um, but that my MR2 put down 151 at the wheels with a 10 psi pulley on it and like a TRD head gasket to bump the compression a little bit. But like. So I'm super happy with that, 105 horsepower, yes. which is yes. really, what. so I was, like, super excited about that, and then literally the very next car to go was a Corvette that put down 535 horsepower, which is exactly, almost exactly five times the horsepower, <laughs> but, you know, I was I was more excited to get my, my dyno sheet than the Corvette guy was, so, yep. and uh, Billy Jew dynoed his S13 today also, which is a stock, single cam, single cam K-A. In a car that is, like, it, it's got every suspension thing, crazy wheels and tires, Z32 brakes. It's, like, re- and it's stripped out. It's, like, ready for a motor swap when that engine pops. But his motor put out 135 horsepower, 145, 145 foot-pounds of torque, which is, according to Kevin, like, was the ni- the best numbers he'd ever seen for a, a stock single cam. So that's pretty solid, that's too. That's awesome, yeah. So it was a, it was a good day. Yeah, you know, long and cold day, but it was good. I wanted to make
0: it by, but I just had too much going on today. Yeah. I really did want to swing by. I thought about taking the Miata. I went into work for maybe three hours, and uh, got out of there around one o'clock. But the I was not gonna was not gonna take the Miata. Uh, when it was like 36 degrees outside. It was on my, chilly. On my RE-71Rs. No. I learned my lesson with the RE-11s hitting a guardrail when it was about 40 degrees yeah. outside. They just so turned into hockey pucks. They're just, yeah, there's no sense in trying to trying to drive on those tires in those conditions. So, left the Miata at home and I had a very busy day. didn't figure I would swing by, but... Glad to know that you yeah, went. couple good. Couple good people went, and uh, Flynn Flynn's a great dude. I mm-hmm. I organized a Miata specific dyno day with him about last year. Yep, we had a an official Miata dyno day. What was the
3: highest horsepower there on a, on an actual Miata engine? Uh, it was it mine. As
0: and was it? I, it nice. Was it? Was actually mine. I think it on his dyno it made one eighty five. That's probably uh, That was before the pulley swap so that was on about 5 PSI oh, wow. uh, manifold pressure it's now seeing 7.5 which maybe I got around to earlier pulley set claims it's good for 9 I see about 7.5 at the boost gauge and at the uh, yeah. ECU it has a built in map sensor and it agrees with my
3: so my, with my, my, my MR2 gauge. has theoretically a 10 PSI pulley on it but I only actually see about 9
0: really <laughs> Yep, and you know Flow restrictions and so forth. I mean, boost is just a measure of uh, pressure, manifold, manifold pressure, which is really a measure of restriction. Yeah. So, uh, with a really free flowing exhaust on my car and the expansion through the uh, front mount intercooler, it sees about seven and a half. Um, but yeah, I would I would guess on the new pulley set, uh, everybody says you know each. I forget what it is, 10 millimeter uh, increase because you actually change the
3: crank pulley size mm-hmm. and not
0: the supercharger nose pulley on Same that on particular MR2s, kit. Same on MR2s,
3: and it throws everyone else off.
0: Yeah, so everyone's like, oh, you go to a smaller pulley, right, and make more boosts? Like, yep. uh, no, because I'm changing the other ones. You actually yeah. go up in crank pulley size right, on right. that kit. Yeah. Um, so for every 10 uh, millimeters on the crank pulley, it's good for about 2 PSI increase. And um, so 185 is what I saw at the wheels on five psi. At seven and a half, I assume that I'm probably around 200 wheel. Yeah. Um, I think isn't it
3: roughly like one psi is around five to ten horsepower? It, yeah,
0: depending on depending yeah. on the car and the engine and everything, but uh, that would be my guess. So yeah, 15 horse at the wheels, I would guess for two psi bump. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs a retune. Everything is safe. I have a wide band. I watch the gauge. It's definitely running safe AFRs and safe timing when I had it tuned. Um, Shoe Matt Shu, the other good tuner here in town uh, that everybody seems to know. He put in overboost protection in the map up to about 10 PSI just in case something overboosted a bit. Um... So, I knew that I would probably be fine at these boost levels, and it does run safe. I don't have any audible knock, but you can tell it's not optimized. I also recently did the uh, X intake swap, cam swap, Mm -hmm. which is a common Miata thing in 1.8 liters. You take the exhaust cam, which has the same lift, but slightly longer duration to the lobes, Um, chop the because uh, the cam angle sensor is mounted on the back of the exhaust take gear, cam. Take that gear off? Well, you just chop the tail end of the cam off. Oh. There's no gear back there. Oh, okay. It's just slotted. Slot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just uh, lop the back end of the cam off mm-hmm. and then uh, send it over to the intake side, re-clock it for for the intake side. And I had one adjustable cam gear, which made it real easy to dial in the exact, whatever it is, 197 degrees right. of yeah. um, change in the in the orientation
3: that's common on 4AG's as well as you use an early 4AG exhaust cam as your intake cam and mm-hmm. it's the same yep. same deal same idea I don't think same you have to actually chain anything though because the, the the distributor drive gear will actually fit so you don't actually have to do anything just oh, leave it alone nice. and throw it in there yeah,
0: so it's a, uh, for the 1.6 liter Mionas it's not an option because they use the cam angle sensor on the back of the intake cam. So obviously oh. you can't move the exhaust cam over because there's nothing to drive right. Right. the CAS off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the 1.8s, it's an option. <laughs> Theoretically, you're supposed to pick up a little bit of bottom end uh, torque, mm-hmm. and. But Dino says maybe I did, but I'd like to see actual, you know, after a tune Mm -hmm. and a Mm Dino chart, if I did pick up some bottom end torque. Honestly, the torque curve in that thing is super satisfactory the way it is. Um, It's at about 140 foot pounds, like right out the gate at 2000 RPM. Kind of climbs gradually, crests at about 160 at like 40, 500 to 5,000 RPM. really
3: again. good for me. I mean. And
0: only falls off to like 145 yeah, at red right. line. So essentially, you're like 140 to 160 foot pounds from All bottom to top. That's great. Which is what makes the car so drivable, and that's what I like about it. It makes it
3: probably really good at autocross, too. It's it's pretty good, quarters, yeah.
0: So. It's definitely predictable. You have a little more to use regardless of what gear you're in, mm-hmm. um, as, as opposed to some of the turbo guys with real peaky mm-hmm. power, where you get in the bottom of the gear and you have absolutely nothing. Um,
3: it's it, contrasting it, that with like a Mazda Speed, like a factory turbo Mazda Speed Miata, that, that car is so miserable. The, the, the way it's set up is so wrong. I don't understand why they made the choices they did on that car. Yeah. The, the gearing just does not match the characteristics of the
1: engine at all. I feel like that's the six-speed in general, though.
3: Yeah, the six speed should have been the NA, and if they are and yeah. put a five speed on the turbo to take advantage of the torque.
1: Yeah, well, and what they did
0: with the gear ratios is they shortened up two through four. Yeah, six but is the same as five, as five in the yeah. five speed. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Five is the same as fourth gear. I think it's the one to one. I think that's in really that right transmission. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so first is the same or maybe a smidge shorter, and it's essentially you get a shorter. Two through four. Yeah. What what differential do you have in your car? I have a 410 torsen, which is the factory 96. Um, I have the PEP, Popular Equipment Package, Mm. which was the uh, the loaded out AC, power steering, cruise, all the bells and whistles, which came with the 410 Yeah. I would love to go to a six-speed and a 390. Mm -hmm. I think that would be... Better suited to the car, or so you even the shorter
3: just, transmission gears, but the taller, but the
0: taller final drive. drive. And so, essentially, I'd have this same Ish. one through three mm-hmm. as I have now, but better high end gears for highway cruising and, mm-hmm. and maybe for like a a larger layout track like VIR. Because it so
3: wasn't really wasn't cool. the Mazda speed the way it was geared. It was like gear limited to like hundred and twenty something miles an hour. Probably, That's I so think crazy. mine
0: is probably gear limited with the five speed and the four ten to like one thirty. Yeah, um, the car has power to actually make it there now. I've had it to one twenty. Um, allegedly. allegedly, yeah, allegedly uh, in Mexico, Oksana, mm-hmm. yeah, closed, closed course, course professional, professional driver, <laughs> <laughs> precisely. Um, and at that point, it tends to get a little floaty and so forth. Um, it's not so bad now that I've lowered it and put a front lip on it. That makes an astonishing difference. Yeah, in uh, in giving just that little bit of downforce
1: to the car and not so making it those feel super cars floaty and big. at that kind of speed are shockingly stable. Really? Yeah. yeah the, the, the car
0: is, is... surprising. But with power steering, yeah. it, the steering gets oh, very sure. light and sure. you
1: feel like you have no sense of where sure. the front wheels are pointed. I, it know? just... It always amazed me. Like, I I had... You know, I was driving... At, at the same time I was driving, you know, a 90 with 160-some-odd thousand miles on it, I'm driving a brand-new 2012 Volkswagen TDI sport Wagon, And, like, it, like they felt... Like just as just as smooth, just as stable as each other on on the highway at at you know higher uh, speeds. higher speeds. Yeah,
0: that's I would say that's truer than Miata stock up to about yeah. 95 uh anything above that shaky, is where i, I feel I like mean, the front end gets very light and questionable my, my car is like was like this high off the yeah. yeah and that yeah. helps to just yeah. lowering the yeah. car makes yeah. a tremendous yeah. difference yeah. so yeah at, at my ride height with the with the front lip mm-hmm. um and I have a couple of cheesy canards on it. I don't know if they do... You know, they probably... If they do anything, it's just to divert air... Away from the tires. Away from the tires. Yeah. Um, more so than to actually create any yeah. downforce on them themselves. Do you... Are you familiar with
3: Blackbird Fabworks at all?
0: Familiar enough to know that they are doing astonishing things with, they with have, downforce. They on have
3: the an cover. incredible two-part episode. Yes. On, on the slip, slip Angle podcast. Yep. And they're, they're talking about how, like, just making fun of people who, people were making fun of them for bringing a Miata to World, to Global Time Attack, because they're like, it's not, the is not up to it. And they were like, they, they're, they're pushing, like, they're breaking, they're going for not just Miata lap records, but they're, like, all-time lap yeah, records. they're setting, the going
0: they're to. setting lap records. And right they're like, and we, have not, they're, they're saying, we have not, they they're saying
3: we have not, we have not, we have not Reach the limits of what this chassis can do even at this level well it's, like, it's such a well-designed chassis they've shortened
0: like the height of the nose like two inches they've reworked the whole front end of the and car and their
3: front arrow is nuts
0: it's insane it's it's as wide as That's really cool. a lane on the highway but yeah. just essentially just with arrow they have they, they also have the have ones a,
3: with the V six. They have a an NAGM V six out of a junkyard in it. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> I is remember, I mean they I have.
0: I remember you telling me about. They that, have yeah. power, but not insane power. It's like three hundred horsepower. They're, they're yeah. getting corner g- grip yeah. from downforce. Yeah, and
3: everyone was telling them like like the conventional knowledge was saying like the more arrow you put on it, you're just going to go slower because you can't you don't know, have the power to overcome it in the straights. And they're like that is false. They're, they were just throwing every arrow thing they could at it like. Designing all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, and they're stuff. still driving
0: it like a Miata. It's yeah. a momentum car, and they're if you can destroying carry speed the through, universe through the corners. For it. If you don't have to slow down for the corners, you don't have to go as fast in yeah. the straights to make up for it. They're
3: they're like breaking like every NA car lap record yeah. that they can find. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's pretty
0: pretty insane.
3: And the guy, one of the guys who runs it apparently also has another project car that he's working on that has a Ferrari three. I think it's a Ferrari 360 engine swap or something. It's like uh, the 3.6 V8. Possible. From, yeah, possible, yeah. And that, so he's basically using the car that we know as the aero test bed, and he's going to use all of that knowledge to put on that car, and that car is mm-hmm. going to just be the fastest thing anyone's ever seen.
0: Yep. The guys at Blackbird and the guys at 949 yeah. are... Doing some remarkable things, yeah, for sure on that uh, on that chassis and that platform.
3: Miatas, people,
1: they're pretty neat. Miata is <laughs> always the answer. Hot take, Hot <laughs> take. yeah. Hot you've never heard this before. Miatas are good cars. They are. <laughs> Breaking news, <laughs> definitely. I like MR2s better, but
0: Miatas are faster. Well, and on the subject of MR2s, what about MR2s? Uh, well, Corey was uh, asking me while the mic was off for a minute and uh, I said I would probably save it for when the mic was on, but ah. um, my original MR2 all breezed through, but uh, the lovely creamsicle orange car. The uh, auto
3: the, auto NA.
0: Yes. Uh, the transmission started to slip really badly just as I was finishing at WyoTech. I, we limped that car back across the country. My wife actually drove it back. Uh, It made it to Virginia, would barely get through first gear uh, because it was slipping so badly. Once you got into second gear, you were okay, but first was getting bad. And so I parked the car, uh, found a junkyard 1MZ out of a 96 Avalon, 3-liter aluminum block V6, um, auto trans originally on the car. I just pulled the engine, the harness, the ECU. It was right around the time that swap was starting to become common um, because they bolted up all but one bell housing bolt or something to the E153 really? which, I didn't which know was the SW22 uh, the turbo transmission
3: which is shares internals with the e fifty yeah 51 IAM or whatever it was
0: attached. which came in the front wheel drive Camry's with the 1MZ Really? So it's essentially the same transmission. It was just reworked with the shift levers on the other side, if I remember correctly. To, so the to manual the V6
3: Camrys had the, an E-Series transmission also. Yes. I did not know that. Which
0: is why this became one of the original like easy V6 swap platforms before everybody got all hot about 2GRs It's later. a better
3: motor, but it's a hell of a swap.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. So I was going to go 1MZ, um, got the engine... Bought a TRD supercharger kit.
3: Oh, God. As you can see, I've been a supercharger
0: guy from the beginning.
3: I'm, I'm um, surprised you found one that wasn't destroyed. Yeah, and I,
0: I spent a good bit of money on it. Yeah. But um, I bought it from a dude who was running it on a 1MZ swap in an SW-20. Ooh. So I knew that it would work. Yeah. It came with the driver's or uh, passenger side engine mount already fabbed up on the belt guide plate. Like This was pretty much ready to go in the car got an e153 for the car and axles and rear hubs and all that stuff yanked the 5s turbo hubs right uh yes yeah yeah so larger axles different spline count than, uh, than the automatic or the s54 na hubs got all that stuff ready to uh hopefully swap into the car Yank the 5s and the automatic out of the car And then the car sat as a rolling shell for about four, four and a half years. And I just, I never lived in a place with a garage. I didn't have a place to work on it and sort all these things out. And, uh, what finally happened is we bought the Miata, um, shortly after getting married. These two overlapped for about three years, the rolling shell and the Miata, which was my wife's daily driver when Mm. we bought it. Um, I wanted to modify the Miata. She said, you have a project car. Mm -hmm. It's your MR2. I said, it's barely a project car. It's a rolling shell that we've dragged from house to house now three times. And she said, well, if you get rid of the MR2, you can start working on the Miata. So that's where the turn Uh, came. I sold the rolling shell to... Uh, Troy Truglio, if you know who I've he, he is, name, who man. runs in uh, Chump Car. Okay. He runs SW20s in Chump Car. Does he run the
3: Biohazard team? Yes. Ah, yep. Team okay. Biohazard,
0: Troy. He, Biohazard is awesome. He came and bought my shell for 500 bucks as a backup shell race chassis. Um, already had my roll bar that I built in it at mm-hmm. Tech, and he said, I'll just expand that into a cage if I wind up needing this chassis. Uh, apparently it sat back in the woods at his place for a couple of years and then he sold it to somebody out in the Midwest who does racing okay. and from what I've heard, that chassis did get turned into a race car awesome. and finally got back out on the track, Good. so that made me
3: very happy to hear. Um, I love, I, that just makes me so sad, cause I, don't get me wrong, I love your Miata, your Miata is super rad. But a supercharged V6 M2 is so awesome. Trust (laughs) me. That was so cool. If
0: I'd been in the stage of life where I could (sighs) have finally cobbled all that stuff together, it would have been a hell of a machine and a lot of fun. But um, I, I sat on that supercharger kit then after the car was sold for another three or four years until I finally found a guy willing to buy it. And um, Sold the supercharger kit for about half of what I got for it, but it was still not low ball money. They were getting less and less in demand, because uh, fewer and fewer people are doing those swaps now. So, uh, sold Which that to fund it's, it's me so, off
3: stuff. It's so much cheaper than a 2GR swap, by like an order of magnitude almost. It
0: is. But the 2GR out of the box makes a lot more power yeah. in... You know, and it's drive more, by it's, wire. It is all more the modern. See, I don't,
3: I don't but, like the drive by wire. That's a turnoff for yeah, me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm an old school guy. I'm with you.
3: That's one of the reasons I love the the two ZZ that's in my Matrix is different than the one that's in the Celicas because the Celica has a drive by wire, whereas the Matrix is a, a standard cable. Is which it? I really? did not know that the the Celicas were a, were drive by wire. Well, and the one ZZ in my
0: wife's Matrix is drive by wire. Is it? Yes.
3: Yeah, mine totally has a throttle cable and it has amazing feel. That's <laughs> great.
0: Yeah. I yeah, know. no, there's a terrible... There's a terrible lag between the pedal and uh,
3: Those early 2000s the throttle, drive-by like, wires are terrible. Yeah,
0: downshifts, like... Uh, uh, Heel toe or rev match downshift There's from that a car. car too. Yes, yeah. I've actually like mentally programmed in a yeah. slight delay for the drive by wire lag. I've
3: driven. It's uh, an five. I've driven an early two thousands X Runner manual as well, and the, the 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 complete disconnect between the throttle pedal and the throttle body. It just. It's, it makes it not even worth having a manual because it's so bad. Yeah, it, it's
0: not quite that bad, but there is a, a noticeable delay, generally, like, specifically when the engine is unloaded.
3: Can you make my laptop? Yes, I want, I, think, I want to
1: look up something while the conversation can is happening. It's uh, unfund- fine. We're going to go back to Miatas for a second. What, what, real quick, uh, what, okay.
3: what year is your truck, Corey? 96? Uh,
1: 95. Right
0: before all of that, my wife is bugging me probably to dip out of here soon, but okay. it's
1: fine. And this will all be edited out. We can talk about Miatas for a second. Um, Yeah. So, are you familiar with the K8 engine swap? No, not at all. Okay. So Mazda, it's a it's another Mazda motor. Okay, which is I I like. Yeah, I'm sure most of you do using the same manufacturer's engines like yes which is uh,
0: as maybe evidenced by my Toyota V6 into a Toyota MR2 idea. exactly exactly
1: exactly so um, the Mazda K8 motor it was found in the MX3 okay yep. and it's the the V6 the 1.6 liter V6 1.8 1.
3: 1.8 1. 1. 8 V6 yes i will
1: Hence k8 I'm on the wikipedia page right now are you sure it's 1.6 Dun, 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 dun. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Oh, Go to the internet. Uh, uh, it's
3: a uh, one point. Point. Sorry, I was reading. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I, I have
1: that is my fantasy swap in a Miata. I have been reading lots of numbers the past like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Um. So like 135 horsepower, 7,000 rpm redline, and they make cams for it. Supposedly, yeah, right. And apparently, it's like you know, I I, I think somebody makes a subframe cradle to hold the thing, right? It's a tubular subframe you just drive right. it in, right? I'm sure it's $1,200 or something like that for just the subframe or whatever but anyways um, that swap seems really awesome, right? Because it's more of the same essentially, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of, of NA Power and, and things like that um, However are you <laughs> familiar with or have you heard of the KJZEM. Mazda motor. No. Miller cycle? Same motor. Okay. It's a 2.3 liter now, right? Miller cycle twin screw supercharged. Jesus. V6, Was right? this
3: in the millennia? Yeah. yeah. There yeah. is oh, one of those at cap right now. Really? Yes.
1: yes. Oh, sweet lord, have mercy. There's the, a the the millennia. Su- S- the
3: supercharger is in a real weird spot.
1: Really? Where yeah. is it?
3: I don't. I couldn't find it. It the, the hmm. intercooler is about like six by six, and it's like it's it's a really awkward
1: looking thing.
0: Seventeen horse,
1: two ten foot pedal. That's yes. really good. Miller that cycle is, motor. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm a I'm a nerd for like different kinds of of engine, you know, configurations and things like that. And Miller cycle is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's um it's like
3: sky active before they had sky active. yeah
1: they they basically they hang the intake valve open during the compression stroke um which it, what it ends up being is the expansion the expansion ratio of the of the power stroke is larger than the compression ratio so like you get more power out of the the same amount of fuel right mm-hmm. um or a smaller amount of fuel or whatever mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 really wizardry and stuff like that but but it makes me wonder like is the motor any taller could you like <laughs> could it still fit under the hood of the miata you know it's, what i mean but
3: from what Listen, i, if I, you I, can I shoot looked at
1: ls's it, in there
3: ls's are small they're yeah really, i know they're really in a no way but i was looking at it when i because i saw it at the junkyard and i was like why does this have an intercooler and i was like wait a minute is this one of those weird ass supercharged millennia's and it totally was oh man it's it's not, like, they fit a lot of that stuff, like, down in the middle of the V, so mm-hmm. it doesn't stick up very far, right. but that's a very wide engine. Yeah. Like, it, and it's transverse in the millennia, so it's really, yeah, it, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can fit that in the other. 60 degree or something. So I think it's a 90. Oh, man. Yeah,
0: that would be wide. So, I don't know. It, it's just, a, it's I just I mean, you interesting... can chop out some of that sort yeah. of engine, mm-hmm. I mean, Abraham. people have done that for a while to yep. fit, uh. Five O's and stuff in there.
3: So, but I'm sorry to, to redirect back to your truck, because you mentioned you were like, oh, this twenty two or this this uh this Subaru, and I'm like, well, if you want to sell the pickup truck, uh, so apparently the '95 Tacoma came with a two point seven. Are you sure yours isn't just a Toyota truck? I'm pretty sure you have a Toyota truck. Okay, maybe I do. Okay, because the truck had the two point four. Twenty two. Are you now? Maybe it's just that. I could be. Right. That's that's what the internet is initially telling me. I could be wrong. I'm sorry. I'm getting really pedantic and off topic. I'll, I'll, it's fine. It's fine.
1: I can I can look at my title or whatever Let see. And, uh, hmm. yeah, but, um, to see what the actual thing is because I think that.
3: Oh no! It's well. What?
1: Nineteen ninety five. So it makes for very 1995
3: interesting audio okay I guess it could be a Tacoma
1: the the, the, Wik, the Wikipedias were leading me astray I I'm okay, sorry for doubting it's okay it's okay um yeah we'll see we'll see
3: um say so they can tow 3500 pounds and that might be enough
0: well I probably have to get going all right man believe about that time I could talk talk car stuff for that's why, we, that's why I was like,
3: like, who can we bring in for podcast up I bet Steve could talk about car stuff forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I'm the no talker. Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. perfect. That's what we need. What yeah, we need.
0: yeah, you do that's need right. talkers if you're going to talk about mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I was all worried. I was like, "Jesus, am I really going to have that much oh, like, yeah, it, it
3: interesting to
0: say? but.
3: Well, that's how I mean. Like The whole concept behind this. In general, was like we we used to do this at Starbucks like every week. I'm just standing around the parking lot for hours talking about yeah. Car it's stuff. like oh, and then I has this car. Oh, yeah. you're talking about that engine. Yeah, um, just you get know. real real nerdy about it, but mm-hmm. but have so have those kinds of conversations, but record it for the other super weird people in the world that might enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, There's that. Are uh, are any of the other ones available for?
0: Was somewhere no? already the older episodes or?
3: There, there. We have not come up with a host yet, but they are on Google Drive, and I can send you links to yeah, them. I meant I to ask
1: Jake if he thing. has a server. Yeah. of our friends, he would be the one to have a server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to um, actually host them. Yeah, I mean we can we
3: can we can split the cost of hosting something. It's not that big of a deal. It's Just.
1: S- s- like SoundCloud post them big- on Squarespace SoundCloud oh, Squ- Squarespace Squ- Squarespace is one idea yeah, SoundCloud it's is like 10 idea. Bucks a month I'd be interested to see it's a, what it's uh, Dan Sound- Benjamin's Sound- platform fireside costs the nice
3: thing about all the podcast hosts is that they oh, just au- really you just give ridiculous. them the info and they auto generate the RSS
1: feed to upload it to all the podcast yes, hosts. Right. Sound- SoundCloud is the easy is like very streamlined very easy yeah and it's like a hundred dollars a year, or maybe $110 a hundred and ten dollars a year for. Yeah. So for between like a couple, which is or close like to yeah.
0: I mean, Squarespace is. A, right. I think ten bucks a month, which Something is like one twenty right. a year, yeah, or yeah. so about the same. Oh my goodness! All that carbonation. All right. Let me call my wife and.
3: All right. You want to pause? Let's call again.
0: Love you all.
3: Yeah. <sighs>